Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 142 of Game Store Profits, the podcast where a handful of guys get together to talk about the the confluence of our love of God and our love of games. My name is Mike Perna, and with me, as always, is Jeff Romo. I don't know if I feel comfortable with being in a confluence. And uh, and also, we have Mr. Daniel Fisher. Daniel, how you doing? What's a confluence? Oh my goodness, you people. You guys are going to just make me work. All day long today. It's kind of like when you like you have like a blanket and and there's like I don't know, mashed potatoes and a spoon. No, but you mix them know. all together. Is that how it works? No, that was my last session of D and D. Never mind. Go mean, ahead. Because you, you were like you have a blanket, and I was gonna be like, oh, like a comforter, like the Holy Spirit. But then that was not work. Why does it always come back to food with you people? Or the Holy Spirit? I mean, we haven't had a good talking about recipes that we've had lately um but that, that comes when you're not around <laughs> point of fact welcome to the christmas edition of our cuisine episode for inroads ministries <sighs> oh my goodness all right for those few people who are actually enduring this and actually going to listen to the rest of this podcast uh this is a special episode of the podcast this is our episode where we do our end of year wrap-up it is the last episode that we've got for 2016 and uh, we basically just take some time to look back on the year and give some, uh, we'll call them awards. I don't think we've ever actually given them a name. They're just our, you know, we call out some some great things that are happening in the gaming world. And uh, we want you folks to know about them. So before we get into that, we'll try and keep the banter real quick because we've got a lot of ground to cover. But uh, Daniel, what you been up to lately, dude? Uh, tricking little kids into playing Savage Worlds. All right, you you may want to put that in a in a way that doesn't sound so guy in a van going down to the schoolyard. I got some dice, kids. You want some free dice? Okay. So anyway, as y'all know, I posted in the tavern about my daughter coming up. Going, what should I get my friend for Christmas? And I was like, Hey, you should buy him the Savage World Explorers Handbook. And you know, she's molded over for a few days and finally she said yes dad i am going to do that we are going to buy that together and i was like okay so and um monday i went and picked it up and i also had pulled one of my sets of dice from my collection and got him some chips and a new deck of cards and wrote him a really cool letter in, in the pulp fiction uh font and it said welcome to being a world creator and just listed some cool stuff about savage worlds and I had my daughter decorate a manila envelope with the words top secret on it. And she handed it to me. And he looked at it and opened it up and was like, what's this? And then he found the letter and read the letter. And just looked at my daughter directly in the face and says, will your dad teach me how to play this? And my daughter's like, yeah. And then one of our other friends over here says, I want to learn to play too. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, you know, started them young. And, you know, they're just going to be addicted for life. So I'm already planning their first little jaunt, as uh, other people call it. I'm I'm going savage on some uh, Dungeons and Dragons modules from the '80s, and I'm gonna run them through some stuff. Nice. We were talking. You you need to get Temple of Elemental Evil, and you need to get Tomb of Horrors because those are exactly the modules that one runs when you're 11 years well, old. Well, yeah. I understand that, and let me explain something. For the longest time in my bathroom was the entire handbook for 3rd edition or 3.5 Temple of Elemental Evil sat in my bathroom for 3 years 
had to have reading material. And my wife throws it away about three months ago. Oh. It's, yep. it's, well, to be fair, to be fair, Daniel, that is a public service. Because of the, where that book has been, it should be burned. Well, <laughs> I, I know that before we go too deep down that rabbit hole, I know for me, I've actually had some interesting stuff come up. Re we recently received a copy of Sola Fide by Stronghold Games. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Stephen Bonacore and the folks at Stronghold for sending that out to us. My review is pending. I want to get a few more plays in because I was very thankful that uh, a gentleman who's well known around our community, T.R. Knight, who was also the editor of the rule book, he and I played a game over Skype, which was quite the undertaking. And uh, we had a good time, but I've been hearing rumors and seeing some other reviews that say that, that uh, the game can get real swingy real quick, and if you don't get the right cards at the right time, it can get real bad. So I'm going to get a few more plays in before I write my review, but that's going to be pending. You will see that on the site real soon. Uh, we also have our Session Zero scheduled for Numenera. Yay! So, because because of the holidays, I don't know exactly when it'll get posted on the site, but it's going to get recorded, it's going to happen, and uh, hopefully we'll be getting that up soon. It's nice to actually have a date on the calendar for when that's coming up, instead of just saying, we're working on it, I swear. <laughs> it's been a busy season, though. It has been a very busy season. It doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. So. No, I thought it was going to be break time, seriously. I was like, okay, one shots are done. I'm going to have the autumn to kind of recuperate. But then it just kept going. Not that that, that's the thing about doing ministry that people like, like enjoy and like. That means more people come and it means more stuff to do. <laughs> well, then I guess it's, it's God's blessing then. That's good. There we go. There you go. All right. So that is, that is about as much banter as we can squeeze in so we're not doing another hour and a half episode we need to get on this because we have a lot of ground to cover gentlemen why not uh, i'll take a little bit of time before we kind of go into it I'll, I'll just list each and every one of our our awards as it were what will happen is is that we will talk about the award what it means and then each of us will say what we think deserves it what got the award and why and we'll probably have some discussion depending on the choices I, I know we've kind of gone over some of them but i don't i don't foresee a whole lot of of discussion except for the fact that i might you know talk about the fact that daniel's going to gloat about his game of the year as well as mine but gloat. i don't think there's anything that's too far out of left field from any of our choices i think we're just gonna move on and get right to it then the first award that we have is the best game played now, this, this award doesn't necessarily go to a game that is new this year. It can go to a game that's new this year, but it doesn't have to be. It is simply the best game that your illustrious hosts have played for the first time this year. Mine was a particularly entertaining number. It was one that I was hoping to get in my collection literally the second I heard it announced. And when I got to play it, and every time I've gotten to play it, it has not uh, failed to just enjoy every minute of it. Uh, that's Dragon and Flagon. Dragon and Flagon, the game where you are all playing as heroes, chilling out at the tavern in between adventures and getting into drunken brawls to prove that you are, in fact, the greatest warrior in the land. 
It is a programming game in the best of ways. It does not overstay its welcome, and it's hilarious. I still cannot wait to play as the cleric one time, run up and get the dragon flag in so that I can do the special ability, which is called Tithe, and <laughs> just, just, just slam that card down and say, it's time I take y'all to church. I, I want this so bad. I haven't pulled it off yet. But uh, so I what, love do you this take game. a so when you take put down the tithe are you taking ten percent out of everybody's behind is that what's uh, you that are what's basically happening? taking your t- the the game's currency as it were the victory points are honor or respect I believe it is and uh, you are basically taking a portion of everyone's respect. I love it. It's phenomenal. All right, so let's let's go let's go with Jeff. What is your best game played this year and why? Well, if you remember, it was not too long ago that I made this review of Fury of Dracula, uh, the third edition, the, the Holy Grail edition now because it's so darn expensive. It, it's it's one of those games, you know, you guys can flash back to previous episodes to kind of listen to my review of it and my adventure playing with the game, but it's so much fun. It's the one against many thing. One person plays Dracula, the rest of them play the famous vampire hunters, um, they go after him, and the the competition, the skills that are involved, and the way that each, you know their wins, uh, what do you call it, the win condition for each of the players, is so so well crafted that it just makes it so much so enjoyable, so much more replayability. Um, I I really am kicking myself in the tail for not having bought it that at that point. It was just the fact that the group that I was playing with, they were going to have it there for like the next couple of months. And I thought, well, you know, I'll play it two or three more times, which I did. But I was thinking that probably get it out of my system, right? Because I'm more of an RPG guy. You guys, it's not a it's not a uh, surprise. But <laughs> then I realized after the two or three plays, I was like, man, I still want to play it. I still want to play it. It's such a good game. You know, every time so, I go to the comic shop, I stroke it for you. I mean, I, I really thank box. you. And go, Thank you. Jeff would really want you and put you back on the scene. Well, you should see like the number of selfies that I've printed out and posted on my wall. You know, like weird stalker style. You know, because you know, you know, with me next to the box at Barnes and Noble, or me next to the box at my FLG. You know, and uh, man, yeah. So there you go. Let me let me go ahead and I will cry into my napkin right now. Yes, but before Uncle Jeff gets creepy on us, Daniel, <laughs> what's your list. best game played? Well, I would say zombies, uh, but I played it last year. But the best game I played <laughs> Let, let's just let's just put it this way: if if we didn't do the, if we didn't limit it to this year, that would be yours for every year. <laughs> I yes. know, I know, I know. Yes. This year, the best game I've played has been Scythe. Um, because I really love resource <laughs> gathering, such as like Catan, what did have you do? And so, and again, who doesn't like mechs? It's Catan with mechs, people. You get your resources. You can take resources from people. Yes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I love everything about the game. That aesthetic is so good, and it, it hurts me that, one, I can't afford it, and two... You like have to know somebody yeah. who knows somebody who got it off the back of a truck at this point. <laughs> well, right. and and like you know, we we a lot of people like steampunk. This is, I guess, what's classified as diesel punk. Yeah, it is diesel, diesel punk. punk. Yep. And yep. I'm just like, this is a lot cooler because I don't. Being a kid of the '80s, you know, you see some of the best movies were always the ones where like, we have spies going into Russia. It kind of reminds me of Russia. 
some of the artwork on it and things like that. And it's just, oh, it's it's definitely inspired by by that uh, that realm for sure. Yeah, it's oh beautiful. yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it's my game, best game played this year. All right, just that's it. Flat out, flat <laughs> out, sucker. <laughs> no, no, no spoilers on that or anything. Yeah, no, not we'll at come all. back to that. The next one is also one that is not limited to games that came out this year. It is best game added to the collection. So each one of us have been, you know, we're limited by our budgets, but we do at at some point pick up something that we add to our collection. And uh, this particular year, I don't know about you, but I had to think about it because I've added some some choice gems to the the collection this year. Yeah, you have. But there was there was one that stuck out. It's the only one that literally left me speechless after I played it, uh, and that is Reflections. Uh, Reflections is the two-player role-playing game where you are playing as two people who are entering into a duel to the death. You basically, through a series of flashbacks, you establish who they are, how they became friends, how they betrayed each other, and why they came to this this point in their lives. Uh, everything comes down to one die roll that is, uh, the number of dice is determined by how you live your life and how you manipulate the other player to do what you want them to do. It is really good, narratively beautiful, and super strong. Uh, not for everybody, but oh my goodness, I am always up for playing it. You can expect to have at, apparently at least one session, because I, I said that I was going to do a, a Reflections video uh, in 2017, and like three three or four guys are like, I'm in. So <laughs> I might end up doing multiples. And we got to put like good music on the background, right? And you got to have like some of that mood music kind of drifting, you know, like cherry blossoms on the breeze. It will come down to what's available that I don't have to pay for. There you go. Uh, anyway, so Jeff, what is your best game added to the collection? So the best games sometimes are the free games. And my I had a selection here from our, our, our wonderful uh, uh, founding father, Luke Navarro. Um, you know, it, he, he, he bequeathed me some games. Um, Lord of the Rings, Pathfinder, The Rise of the Rune Lords, Netrunner, <coughs> Netrunner, and um, then Star Wars Armada, and that's the one that's edged it out for this year. Is the best game added to my collection because I way back in the day I've loved the tactical sim games. I was a I, I still when I can manage to get it to work on Windows 10, I still play the old Rome Total War and the Barbarian Invasion. I still love those tactical strategy games and fleet combat star wars the reemergence of the brand in the past few years it's just yeah i, I totally love it and I, we've done plenty of reviews of the game in the past but just having that at the table i want to get a good game mat and a big table for it but um again that costs a bit of skrilla sometimes as a guy who has has put out the money who well who basically found a sale so he put out not as much money to right. get the giant space playmat, it yeah. it does make the game just that much more cooler. Ah, oh, it's so pretty. I've seen it, and it's so good looking. I know Brent Brown has like teased me with his the playmat that he uses. That's like it takes up a football field basically, and <laughs> <laughs> at least from the angle he shoots it at, I don't know if that's camera trickery or not. Could be the size of a napkin for all I know. But uh, but yeah, Star Wars. I'm out of best game added to the collection for sure. All right, Daniel, what you got? Ah, it was a gift given to me by my secret Santa. It is Monte Coro. And 
and I didn't think I would like it as much as I did, but one of the key things about me liking a game is whether or not my entire family plays it, and every one of my family, even my wife, says they enjoy playing this game. Nice. It's always a plus. It's oh, always a plus. Huge. For it, you know, I don't, I think we've mentioned it before. We certainly mentioned it when it first came out. Uh, just give a brief overview for the people. Yes. So, pretty much, you start out, it's kind of a resource gathering game with cards. You know, you start out with a wheat field and a bakery, and uh, every time you roll a die, your card will either say you get a coin or you don't get a coin uh, if it lands on that number. And and as you go along and buy more properties out um, and roll, you get more coins, and you can start taking coins from other people, and eventually you have to build four landmarks to win. Yeah, I've, I've heard it described as Catan without a board. Pretty much. It's great, though. I love it. And, of course, my kids also love Catan Jr., so I think that's another reason why they like it. Kind of like a nice gravitation towards the game. Cool. All right. Uh, this one, this next one is favorite game publisher. Uh, it's a publisher who has done something above and beyond the call or just part- like had a particularly good run of games that you think are worth checking out. Uh, for me, it's funny because, you, you know, I'd like to admit that that there is no influence on the fact that they just sent us a game. Uh, <laughs> mine is Stronghold Games. Uh, Stronghold has just been killing it this year. Uh, they have Dragon and Flagon. They have Terraforming Mars, which is another game that has reached that status where, you know, you have to know a guy who got it off a truck because you can't find it anywhere for less than, like, $100 now. Yeah. They've had Solafide. They've got a bunch of really quality, really amazing titles that all came out this year. They've been doing a really good job of getting titles that were only available in Germany at Essenspiel and bringing them over to the States. So, yeah, they have just been killing it this year. And so they get my my nod for favorite game publisher this year. And I've seen Brent Brown playing Terraforming Mars. and he That looks like a boatload of fun. Oh, it's it's so good. The if you don't know about terraforming Mars yet, uh, you are basically sent as as an away team to go and make Mars habitable. But you're not dealing with you're going to make Mars habitable. You're dealing with generations. So mm-hmm. you're trying to like slam ice asteroids into it to get moisture into the air, and you're trying to lower the temperature, and you're trying to or raise the temperature. I mean, I think. And yeah, oh my goodness, it's just, <laughs> you are, are literally changing the face of a planet. And it's cool because it's part co-op, as in you're all trying to work together to make the planet habitable, but you're trying to be the one who most makes the planet habitable. I did it the mostest. <laughs> yeah, so it that one is just a, a home run for everything that's out there right now. No one is is out there not talking about terraforming Mars. Yeah. yeah. So, Jeff, what you got? All right, so I went with Fantasy Flight, and that's because they have a crop of the of the fancy RPGs that Uncle Jeff loves, <laughs> and you know, of course, you know they've got the the Arkham Horror, they've got uh, a whole bunch of wonderful board games as well. No, no surprise, obviously. But the reason I picked them was because of the End of the World series, because of the Star Wars series. Um, you know, it's specifically, I know it's not from specifically this year, but Edge of the Empire, I got a chance to play that. I'm looking forward to playing in a uh, Force and Destiny or uh, Force Awakens era game. Um, 
which actually, you know, we we used Edge of in, the in, Edge of the Empire Edge of the Empire for our run with Jason Wood, but it was kind of in that era, the Force uh, Force Awakens era. But uh, but it's also the former home of uh, Dark Heresy, which I'm hoping to get to the digital table this uh, this next year with Inroads. So, um, yeah, I managed to grab grab a hold of the copy of that book before. Uh, before that became scarce. I learned my lesson with Fury of the Dracula. I, I learned my lesson, and I went and scooped that book up quick. Well, I know that of the End of the World games this year, they released uh, The Rise of the Machines. The which robots! It was, that one is pretty much, I had two of the, the, the four that I wanted to get. One was the, the one with all the, the Wrath of the Gods, and then this one is Rise of the Robots. And I... I, I want to play some Terminator. I'm not gonna lie. That's pretty good. I I think I want, I'm trying to feel out if it would be good via the digital medium, because I I I, I felt the impact of doing the zombie version of the game, um, the zombie apocalypse game, and it, it doing it live, and it was so good. It was so visceral. It was just so on the money. It was it was nice and unexpected. I, I'm wondering how it would translate to the digital medium. So I don't know. Might have to um, I'm trying to think of who. I know I had it. I, I witnessed an actual play of it, but I can't remember who did it. Well, I know the the boys over at Invictus. They they did a. They've done it a few times. They actually had one where it was a really good dramatic take on the zombie apocalypse. But um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of smitten with the the live version just because of the good experience that I had. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, Fantasy Flight. That's my uh, publisher of the year. Daniel, what you got? My publisher of the year this year is Z-Man. And the reason being is, first of all, they make some great. Carcassonne is one of them. Uh, I know that didn't come out this year, but and Pandemic. They're just killing it with Pandemic. Uh, Pandemic Cthulhu came out this year. And it's a game that I want to get. Uh, but it looks great, but I love the Pandemic games. I'm still staggered that you call it the Car- Car- Carcassonne. I almost said Carcassaroni. God damn it. <laughs> yes, yes. When, when we're not recording, I do call Carcassarone. And, uh, yeah. Who's yeah. a player, the Carcassarone? Carcassarone. <laughs> All right, moving on, gentlemen. Sorry. We've got a lot of games to go through. Let's do it. Uh, the next one is one that might need a little bit of explanation. It is the favorite franchise game. And by franchise, we mean one of two things. Either it's a game that's well-established that it is a series of games, or we can also mean that it's the best implementation of an IP. So I went with the the established game series kind of thing, and technically this is just a second edition of a game, but I think that it's perfectly fitting here. And the reason I'm saying that it, it won the award is because, for all intents and purposes, it has completely reinvigorated this game in the in the minds of everybody out there in the hobby and that's mansions of madness the second edition the use of the app apps are always polarizing when it comes to board games you got some people who love them and some people who can't stand them it's tricky but every person who i've ever talked to about mansions of madness said the same thing it's a wonderful game i'd love to play it but oh my goodness i hate setting it up and i hate running it (laughs) the app completely eliminates that as a problem. It Uh handles the setup. It handles running things. It takes care of all of that. So you're basically taking a game that everyone wanted to love but really hates due to the practical element of it, 
and removed that problem. So now everyone just seems to love it. So, yeah, I, I think that you can't not mention it. That's cool. All right, Jeff, what's yours? I am going to go with kind of the same kind of thing you've you've gone with. I'm going to go with a second edition of a game, and I'm going to go with Mouse Guard. Um, it is a uh, a burning wheel derivative, much like Torchbearer. It's more along the lines of Torchbearer, kind of like a simplified version of Burning Wheel. But it brings you into the world of the Mises. It brings you into the world of rabid, crazy chipmunks, and it puts little teeny tiny swords and shields and armor in your hands, and you're off to survive in a world that is much too big for your little mouse feet. But uh, but the rule system in Mouse Guard is such that it's um, it's just they refined it to the mode of elegance in my mind um playing this game this this again this will be a game that'll that'll appear at the table this year for hopefully for inroads i know it's going to appear at my table but i'm hoping to also get a game in for inroads as well but uh it is it's it, it's a way to cuz with burning wheel you're developing skills right you've got a, a almost an infinite amount of skills that you can develop as a player character and within mouse guard that nitty-gritty development has been parsed down just enough just like they did with torchbearer but it's in such a way that you really get into the mode of thinking of being a little mouse or you know being in this tiny world so i i, I love it it's a great game rpgs uh gets them into the mind, mindset of creating characters and it puts them into a nice little cutesy environment that doesn't you know doesn't have to be too threatening or anything I mean, eventually it gets pretty threatening because, I mean, oh my gosh, you run into a sparrow lookout. But um, in any case, yeah, franchise game, Mouse Guard, second edition. Go Mises! I always love, I always love the fact that this game makes an owl seem like the scariest thing. Hey, on hey, the hey, planet. hey! I grew up in with the secret of Nim, and when I first encountered <laughs> that owl, Mr. Agent, or no, is it Mr. Agent? No, no. Who is it? it's uh, it's just the great owl. The Great Owl. Oh my gosh, when we first saw him as kids. Oh my god, it's so scary. So, I picture that. Yeah, no. I, I love Mouse Guard. I've read all those comic books. They're phenomenal. Yeah, it's really good. And the cool thing about the game is that you don't necessarily need to have those comic books in your history to enjoy the world that they paint. And then they literally paint it. The art in this is just phenomenal. I love it. It's like whimsical, but yet it, it conveys a good amount of emotion. It's really nice. All right, enough from me. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, go. Well, this year, uh, a game that has not been made for many years got re-released, and it is beautiful. It's the new version of Blood Bowl from Games Workshop. Oh, my goodness. They almost got my favorite game publisher of the year just because of this. You know, start playing Blood Bowl back in 1998 was when I started. And, you know, I, I recently just picked up a new copy, or not a new copy, but a copy from um, uh, Tom Anders over at Impact Ventures at Gen Con this year where he makes his custom pitches and all this stuff. And, and then the new one came out and everybody's like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And it's great. It, they simplified, simplified the rules a little bit for new players, but it's 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 great. Okay, great game. Now I wish I had sound effects of, like, you know, crushing hits on the football field and stuff. I mean, that'd be perfect. It could be added in post. I, I will say that I, I would be more tempted to play that if the Dwarf team was available already. Um, It's coming out. I've seen pictures. Yeah. Oh, I, I know it's coming out. I just know that it currently is not available. So yeah, that's going to be it, it's going to be a, an add-on 
it'll be DLC, but, right? Well, no, it's the teams are coming out, but the the rules form are already in the book. So if you want to pick miniatures up from other um, companies, you can. So they're they're fine with other companies' miniatures now um, because the outside non Games Workshop people have been keeping this going for so long, making custom miniatures for it, and and I think they're finally like, give us our IP back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we need to make money off this. Y'all are making too much money. <laughs> the nuffle is real. <laughs> nice. All right. So we're going to move on to a game that is the hidden gem, the the game that you never heard of until you actually either got it in front of you or just it went from nothing to everyone was talking about it. Uh, for me... This actually happened because of Sean, our volunteer, who is at Extra Life with us this year, and Sean brought a game that he had kickstarted, but I, I hadn't even heard of until he mentioned it, and that is Saloon Tycoon. Each player is basically trying to build up their saloon to be the best in town, and it is this really cool element of you're trying to get all your stuff together to build up your particular corner of the city, and you're trying to grab rooms and grab people that the other people don't get. And the cool aspect of it is is that it, it is a 3D element where you are literally building up certain buildings. So you have to make sure that you have the right room in the right place to make sure that you can build upwards. There are certain quests that you got to do. Some are hidden. Some are, are out in the open. And you're all just trying to be the best that you can be. Uh, it does get... A little bit on the the swingy side because you can really just ruin somebody's day by by grabbing some of the rooms that there's only one or two of. But while that would potentially ruin it for some people, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it ruined anything. It just made you change course mid game, and uh, I've never had a problem with that. So I really think this game deserves more attention than it's getting. And uh, I think you should check it out if you get the chance. Saloon Tycoon. It's a fun game. Well, I, from my hidden gem, I, I could go one of two ways here. I could cheat a little bit and, and bring out the game I mentioned pre, pre-show. Or I could go with what would be considered for me a hidden gem, but I think developed pretty rapidly into a non-hidden gem because it was listed as one of the potential games of the year. Um, I'll mention very briefly that the one I wanted to cheat with was And Then We Held Hands, a very basic game about emotional matching and understanding one another across the table. It's a two-player, and the reason I mention it is because we started using it in our marriage ministry, and it's been very effective with certain couples um, to try and get them to understand the nuances of communication between the two. Um, Plenty of review that we've done for it in the past. Mike actually did a really wonderful review of it also. So, And I would love to give it any award you want if it wasn't for the fact that it was published in 2015. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so from my, my particular hidden gem, I went with Insight from Playdead. Uh, they're the ones who created Limbo last year. Or was it last year or a little bit? Or was it in 2014? I think uh, Limbo was, was a while ago. Was it a while ago? But um, it's a it's a 2D platformer, but it is the best description you can have for it is that it is ethereal, um, very much like its predecessor. Um, it has an awesome combination of like intrigue and wonder and shock and weirdsies and 
terror and also just amazement when you play this game. Um, it's it's really hard to describe. It's you know if you've seen Limbo, then you kind of have kind of a feel for what the game is. It's very dreamlike in its uh, in its playing and you know again 2D platformer. It's thought provoking. It the end has an incredible twist that I will not reveal, but it is well worth your time if you can get a chance to play it. I, I'm pretty sure it's out there on Steam somewhere. Uh, but yeah. Inside. Alright. Daniel, what you got for us? Well, the game that I have, um, I got by accident um, at Gen Con, going around with Kevin, and he's like, hey, there's some dice. And I looked down and saw these people playing, and I said, I should buy this. Because it was an accident that we saw the game. It was Tada. It's very, it's very fast-paced game. Everybody has their own dice cup and a bunch of dice, and each die has little symbols on it. And you get out a card, and you have to, like, one card, I've talked about this before, one card is saying, like, uh, you have to cover your eye with your left hand and shake your cup and use only one hand to get your dice where they need to be. And at the when you get it, you go, ta-da! And then you get the card, and if you get, um, I think it's like three or four of the cards, you win. So it's a fun game. It's really fast-paced, though, and you have to be watching your dice. I like those. It keeps it's a good it's a good fun group game. Moving on, we get to favorite game resource. Now, this is something that didn't necessarily get released this year, but has been particularly useful to us in this current year. Uh, for me, I will say that this one did in fact get released this year. Uh, it was a, a re-release of an older t- uh, title. But for the newest edition of Dungeons and Dragons, that is Volo's Guide to Monsters. Awesome. The short version of Volo's Guide is that it is anything you could ever possibly want to know about every possible monster in the D&D world. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where it actually allows you to create characters that are monster races. So Yes! That, in and of itself, the fact that you can stat out a, a goblin player character because of Volos. Um, yeah, I, I love everything about this. I love the artwork, which is just gorgeous. I'm a big fan of 5th edition, so being able to take all the, the choice goodness that was available in Volos Guide to Monsters and update it for the current game is is just a huge pile of awesome to me. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And the fact that that eventually I'm going to have my goblin cut truck traveling <laughs> traveling the Sword Coast, yeah, it's going to happen. Keeping my mouth shut. It's going to happen. <laughs> Moving on for uh, let's see, from my favorite game resource, it's not going to be a surprise. I actually just put out an episode about one of the main reasons I love this game system, and it's the Burning Wheel. Um, and all of the, the little derivatives, like the, um, the, the character burner, the magic burner, the world burner, there's the method by which they construct this game system is something that you can really take with you wherever you go. It's kind of like um, back when I was in my creative writing days, there was a couple of like little utility books that you bring with you that talks about, you know, like word tenses and, and, uh, and, and, and the construction of certain sentences and how to kind of like play with the rules of the English language and so to speak. But that's kind of what the burning wheel is for me. 
uh, it's kind of one of those tomes that I can use and refer to and say, okay, you know, I, I want to do this with D&D, but it's not quite getting me there. If I try and play with the rules a little bit here, maybe I can kind of introduce something like that into the game. And so it helps me to be a better game master 100%. Um, among the many tools that I've, I've used, and that's the reason I put it out on the jam sessions last week is just the, the concept of what it can offer or the idea of what it can offer is just, it blows my mind every time. So, Burning Wheel, Luke Crane, thank you so much. My favorite game resource this year, and actually it's been mine for a while, um, is a website. And some of you all may know this, and I will actually give you the URL. It's donjohn.bin.sh. It's D-O-N-J-O-N.B-I-N.sh. And this is the Random Generator Palace. I mean, they've got... Name generators, fractal world generators, fantasy name generators, random generators that generate random, and, and then fantasy calendar generators. You can create an entire random world in, from this site. Uh, they get, they do random quests. They'll develop you a tavern, because we all know it all starts in the tavern. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the, you can do dungeons, labyrinths, and all these other things that it will create. I mean, when you create your your dungeon it tells you what is exactly in each room and it's just amazing the guy who made this i wish i hope this website never goes down but i mean it's it's wonderful you can set your your game you're playing if you're just doing generic fantasy or AD&D or d20 or or pathfinder fourth edition i don't know i included that sci-fi yeah weird fiction science fiction it's it's amazing Y'all get a chance to check this website out, and hopefully, it will be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be there. There's, there's, uh, we had it on jam session with me and Brian a couple episodes yeah. back, so you'll, you can see it in action there too. It's, oh, it's what a great pick. That's awesome. So the next award goes to favorite game industry or game media personality. Uh, this goes to somebody who's doing just awesome stuff for the gaming community this year. And uh, mine goes to the guys at the Flip the Table podcast. Uh, I could pretty much list them whenever because they are stinking hilarious. I love everything that they do. Uh, if you've never heard of the Flip the Table podcast, they basically take horribly old, cheesy, awful board games and play them and review them. They range from the semi-playable all the way down to the how on earth was this ever made and I, I'm not gonna lie. It's some of the most entertaining stuff. I I listen to them pretty much whenever they come up with a new one. It is always on my radio when I'm driving down to work. And the reason I put them out this year is because they recently just released their 100th episode. And not only is that quite an accomplishment. I know we had our our big to do and we hit 100. I will say that if nothing else, you need to listen to their hundredth episode. Because at the very end, they do a rendition of We Didn't Start the Fire <laughs> while talking about every game they've played in the podcast. Nice. It's kind of phenomenal. And uh, yeah, they're just a bunch of funny dudes who get together and play really terrible games and talk about how they can be improved. I actually have, hanging on my wall, one of their postcards for 10,000 points, which is their their shtick, they do, uh, at the end of every show, they do what they call the Battle of Wits, and if 
they they put it out on their board game geek guild, and if if they like your response, they, they give you this little postcard. This is ten thousand points on it, and uh, I actually they selected one of mine. It was super happy to hear them read my name and my answer. Uh, for those of you who will be curious, the question was what is one of super what is one of Superman's lesser known superpowers? I said that Superman is able to look at a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop and tell exactly how many licks it would take to get to the center of it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so definitely check those guys out if you've never heard of them. They are absolutely hilarious. There's nothing in their back catalog that I would not recommend. I currently have a one of their t-shirts as well that is from the Hello Kitty board game that says Hug to Win. <laughs> Uh, it is, yeah, I, I love everything about that show, and congrats to those guys on 100 episodes. Well, I have the the ignoble task of bringing forth my favorite game industry, media personality, for the year, because I discovered them this year, much to my chagrin. Um, and I say that because they are actually going to be breaking up the band here very soon. Um, it's the uh, the Mad Adventurer Society. Uh, they have a crop of podcasts that they put together and headed up by uh, Fiddleback and the Angry GM. Uh, Fiddleback is famous for the GM Word of the Week, which is much to my happiness going to continue, where he will take certain words and apply them to the GM or uh, RPG realm. I think one of my favorites was uh, Locks, when he was talking about how picking locks in medieval settings would be pretty much easy. Uh, compared to what we do with RPGs, but it's such a fantastically, masterfully produced and and uh, and and designed podcast there. And then there's of course stories of the Fifth Age, um, a lot of Fifth Edition stuff. They they do really great uh, class exposés as far as you know, like going into Rangers. I think is the latest one. And unfortunately, that is the one that is going to be coming to an end. And I'm, I'm really bummed about that because they put together a fantastic show. Um, uh, they work together well. They have a good, um, uh, they don't, how do you say it? Uh, they, they do the good odd couple thing, you know, and, and sometimes there's three or three of them that are on there. But uh, they, they kind of balance each other out, which is really good on a podcast. So, uh, so yeah, the Mad Adventures Society. Daniel. Well. My favorite game industry media personality. Um, I was going to say Mike Perna, but that's, that's, you know, that's an exception Aww. for everybody. We all love Checks Mike. in the mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really and truly, this year it became Will Week. And it's not because of anything he normally does. Um, it's I follow him on Twitter as well. And I read his blog from uh, time to time. And Will Wheaton suffers from depression. Uh, I mean, like, debilitating where he doesn't talk to people and be around people. And it's really hard for somebody with depression to admit that. Um, and because sometimes I go through phases where I get into a deep depression and I don't want to do anything. Um, you literally have to fight uh, just to do the things you want to do. You have to force yourself to play the games you want to play that, that make you happy. Uh, and you know they'll make you happy. It's just you don't have the will or the energy to do it. And and you know I go through that uh, from time to time, and and it's just it was just so uplifting to know that someone else goes through it and they understand what I go through. And um, he became you know dear to my 
more hard. <laughs> the the next category that we have is a little bit of break from the norm. Well, we, though we actually did have one sneak in earlier for Hidden Gem. We don't often yeah. talk about video games, but some just become a force of nature that have to be talked about. We do know, especially nowadays, that there's a lot of crossover with our friends over at Game Church. Not only because I write for them, but because a lot of those guys have come taking the bus from Game Church City and come over to the tavern. We're awesome. We are awesome. Yep. And uh, so we do want to just give a shout out to our favorite video game of the year. Uh, for me, if you, the, you know, the beginning of the year, I took a podcast hiatus to handle ministry paperwork. And I broke that hiatus briefly by coming back and doing a bonus episode of my reaction shortly after playing a game called That Dragon Cancer. If you've never heard that episode, you can go and get a fuller picture of why I love this game because I think I rattled on for something like 45 minutes on it. It was rough. Uh, it, I can honestly say that it was the first time I've ever played a video game that made me honestly like weep into my hands. Uh, if you've never heard of That Dragon Cancer, uh, it is a game created by Ryan Green and several other people, including his wife. And it is the story of their young son who basically had a terminal illness and his life. They're going through the treatments, knowing that this kid is probably not going to, to make it. But at the same point, hoping that God is going to do something miraculous. It's not necessarily like a, you know, game wise. It's not like, oh man, the mechanics of this game are, it's, it's not mechanically that brilliant, but oh, oh my goodness. It is an experience to play this thing. It is something that I cannot rightfully describe to you. There is one scene that I will describe and that will basically show you the epitome of what's going on here. There's actually a scene where you are walking through this hallway like you're in the middle of a dream. And the hallway is covered in these greeting cards, but they're all blank-faced greeting cards. And you, op you, you can open up each individual one. And every one is from like a Kickstarter backer or, or somebody who supported the game. And talking about how they had somebody who was touched by cancer. And I'm not going to lie, I... I almost didn't make it through that hallway. Like it, it is brutal and powerful. And I, I won't even talk to you about the rest of the game because it, it is artful and beautiful and really, really should be experienced. Uh, if you don't have uh, a steam account or don't have a PC and you're like, Oh man, I wish I could. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube of people playing it. It's, it's well worth your time to watch this. It is gorgeous. I, I don't have anything as serious as that. I, I actually was leaning towards that game as well, but I hadn't had a chance to play it. Uh, I did get a chance to go over to a buddy's house and play the game that I chose, uh, Titan, Titanfall 2. Nice. Uh, yeah, mainly because I, I love big stompy stompy mechs, as we already went over. I made the sound effect. I won't do that again. Um, the, the graphics on it are amazing. It's, it's almost on the edge of too frenetic for me just because so much is going on in the screen. But uh, the big thing that's a sell for me, and that once I upgrade to the Expo, and I'll probably end up getting this one as a, as a no-brainer, is the, um, the story. 
you know, I, I, I like multiplayer. I don't mind competitive multiplayer. I wish there was more cooperative multiplayer, which is a lot more fun for me. That's why I always will love the Halo games. But um, this one is just it's just too beautiful. The story is really compelling. I was I will play through like the first 30 minutes of the story um, story arc and I already am engaged. And that's not knowing too much about the prior game's story. And from what I understand, that one wasn't as streamlined and well put together as this one is. No, the, so, the, the um, running commentary on Titanfall 2 is that everybody wishes that it was Titanfall 1 because Titanfall 1 <laughs> put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And everybody yeah, who's, everybody who is actually going out to get to and play to is like, this is the game we wanted the first time. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, big giant stompy stompy. Jeffy likey. Daniel? Well, um, my favorite video game, I wish this had been titled My Favorite Windows Application to Run Games In. Because um, you all know I would talk about Fantasy Grounds like I always do. But um, I don't play a lot of video games in, anymore. Again, it's just one of those things that I guess it just doesn't hold my interest at the moment because of you know having to deal with crap. Um, but like there's one standby that I always go to because I play it with my son, and it's Minecraft. I know it's not new, and I've had it for a long time, but I love it. It's a good game. It's digital uh, Legos. How could you not love it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the best. I will say that there's one thing that I I would I wanted to play it, but it's only on PlayStation, I believe. They basically came out with a game set in the, the Dragon Warrior world, yeah. which is I've been playing, yeah. you know, the Dragon Warrior games since the very first one on, on the regular Nintendo. Oh yeah, Dragon Warrior. And they recently came out with one, I forget the exact name of it, but it is basically Minecraft Dragon Warrior. Awesome. And I want to be playing that so bad, but it's a PlayStation only, and I don't own a console, so... Yeah. I'm going to have to look for this, because I used to play Dragon Warrior 2 all the time back in the day. Yeah, oh, look what you did, it's Mike. definitely look worth a look. Did. I do that to people. I, I, I speak, yes, and people's wallets empty. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of, let's talk about our favorite game of the year. There's no surprise. Daniel already mentioned it. Um, I said that I was going to, if there was a, zombies, man. if there was ever going to be a, a discussion point, <laughs> it was going to be Daniel gloating about the fact that he got to play this and I haven't yet. My game of the year is Scythe. From the way Stonemeyer approached this to the production values, uh, if you were able to be one of the few, the lucky, the proud to get a Kickstarter version, you got the, all the metal coins and the, the board extension and just the pretty, pretty upon pretty. Uh, the gameplay is like deep and strategic while still being approachable. Everything about I love the the diesel punk aesthetic. There's nothing I don't like about this game, and it pains me deeply that I do not own a copy of it yet. <laughs> you will, you will. Daniel, do you have anything to add to Scythe? <laughs> Well, I will when it gets to be my turn. Oh. You want to you want to skip ahead and do it, or do you want to? I was going to let you. Sandwich? I was going to let you jump line because we all know that you, you already <laughs> just said. Yes, this is your... my game of the year game is. Um, I mean, Scythe, and uh, um, <laughs> I'm not getting paid by Stonemaier at all. No, it's it's a great game. Um, you know, it's it 
puts one of my favorite things in there, which is miniatures. I love miniatures, man. Y'all know that. I paint them all the time. Yeah, you do. I do like to, to rag Mike a little bit about me having it and he not having it. I, I've even, before I had a copy of Hero Quest, I was like, I'll trade you for Hero Quest. And, you know, you could tell how much of a man really wants something. If he would ponder getting rid of his Hero Quest, for if it wasn't for the fact that it was donated specifically so that I'd have a copy of Hero Quest, I would have done it. Yeah, I know, I know. So, but I wanted to see how far I could tempt you into that. Mike, I've got a digital hand on your shoulder right now. Yeah, <laughs> just, just the right? it, it just lets you know I don't play it every no. week. It just see just that's stop. even worse. That's even worse because <laughs> you let it lay dormant. I mean, that's, I think that's I, I haven't really played it for. All right, you just need to stop talking, Jeff. What's your what's your game of the year? <laughs> let me let me rally these circus animals together here. Um, you know what? You mentioned the Diesel Flavor Punk, and that reminds me of my favorite game of the year, which ended up being Diesel Punk. Um, but it's Apocalypse World Second Edition. Um, I mentioned it in our last episode. I will mention it again. It is my favorite game of the year. It came out this year. I've played it this year. I got a chance to hang out with Alyssa and Jacob. Uh, from our wonderful tavern and we got to just create a world of diesel punk apocalyptic goodness i guess you could put apocalypse and goodness in the same same sentence but it's it's fiction first it's everything i love about rpgs it's about making everybody at the table invested in the story and creating a world Um, it could be zombie apocalypse it could be giant cockroaches from space for all i care but if that is what is going to get the table into a creative mode then we're going to have giant cockroaches Um, this last time though we did go into a diesel punk type feel Um, it was it was wonderfully gritty and greasy and grimy and we had giant roaming chemical clouds outside the barrier of this last forgotten town and i mean it was just apocalypse world just opens that up for you um, you have certain character types that you can play and that you can get into, but outside of those playbooks, you know what they kind of term their archetypes. Uh, outside of those playbooks, I mean, the universe is yours. Um, how are you, you fit in the story? However, the story fits with you. So, Apocalypse World RPG goodness at its best game of the year. And there you go, folks. That is our end of the year awards, uh, guys. As we kind of wrap this up, this is the the last episode of 2016. Do you guys have any kind of parting shots that you want to put out there as far as like some of the the things that have touched you in 2016 and really impacted you? Well, I'd like a parting shot on 2016, right? <laughs> Kick square in the... <laughs> um, no, uh, 2016 turned out fantastic for me just because I got in a whole slew of games with a whole slew of new people that have become, I would like to think, have become my friends. Um, you know, it's, it's been a fantastic way for me to engage with, with new folks out there uh, to expand my horizons in role-playing games um, and to just see where it takes me. So, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of fun there. I've, I've had a fantastic time having Daniel on the show. I'm so glad that he accepted the invitation to be the, uh, the third member of our triumvirate because without it, it would be, it would not be a triumvirate. You're not a third wheel, Daniel. You are the stability that Mike and I require, (laughs) or at least I do. According to my documentation, I require such stability. So, so yeah, yeah. RPGs and, New friends and Daniel Fisher, and of course the expertise and leadership of our fearless leader, Mike Perner. 
Daniel, you got anything? Yeah, for me this year, uh, one, I've been blessed uh, to have you guys as my friends, um, to get closer with you guys, mm-hmm. um, and all, all the people in the tavern, um, you know, because everybody there, we're all friends, and uh, we all like to joke around and, and talk, and, you know, I think we have one of the calmest uh, Facebook groups in the world. Yeah, we do. Um, but also, I, I, I love the chance of being on the podcast because I, I like to talk um, <laughs> and tell people my opinions because my opinions are the ones that matter. Hello. And, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, for me, 2016 has been a rough year. Uh, rest in peace, David Bowie. Um, mm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's been too many people die this year. But, um, but yeah, the one of the things that I want people to partying with them, your game is only as good as the times you play it. So if a game, if you got a game, you love it, and it sits on a shelf, what good is it to, to get out there and play it with your friends and your family? And and I'll just kind of wrap up by you know putting my my president hat on. I am super proud of everything that we're, we've done this year. Uh, I'm happy to see the the ministry's growth, that more and more people are hearing about us, that uh, the tavern is filled with people talking about the various games that they're doing, whether online or in person, that more and more churches are doing game days, that really the community is supporting each other in that, that we've seen some really cool moments, not only with the material stuff of, of getting out and playing games, but we're seeing a lot of people uh, spiritually take care of each other. We've seen a lot of growth there, too. And uh, it every day I'm super proud of the fact that I get to call this my ministry. So if you're listening to this and you want to support us, I will always take it. It's it's always that time at the end of the year when everyone's like, please, I'm a charity. I need money. I, I always hate doing that. But I also realize that in order for us to keep doing what we do, we need you guys support supporting us because there's only so much that we can pull off on nothing. There's a lot of stuff that I hope to see happen in 2017. We want to get to a bunch more conventions than we've been to. We're going to go to Origins, which is our big one, but I also want to do a bunch of the different local New Jersey cons here, hoping to see a trek go out to uh, Save Against Fear with the Bodana group. There's a lot of, of big dreams are hitting my head right now. Like I want to start developing like an after-school program and I want to develop a program to get people into hospitals and playing with sick kids. There's lots of stuff that I want to see happen. And uh, we're all just trying to figure out how to do this because what a lot of people don't know is, is that other than myself, uh, a lot of us that make inroads happen, this is not only our second job that doesn't pay us. It's also for a bunch of people, it's their second ministry. So we're trying to to make this happen as best as we can. I'm super thankful for all the people who have come on and offered to help and have kind of helped push us into the place where we are. And I'm super looking forward to 2017 and what it's going to do. Hopefully we're going to continue to build these relationships both on the ground and in the industry. And uh, we're hoping that more and more of you guys will come out, meet us, talk with us, build those relationships, and tell everybody you know about what we're trying to do. And hopefully we'll be able to go to more churches and do more stuff as the new year comes around. And and when we we come back in the new year, we're going to have our beginning of the year episode, and you'll hear a lot more talk about what we plan to do for 2017. There you go. (laughs) 
All right, guys. Uh, that said, we're going to wrap up episode 142. Have a very good end of the year. Uh, let's hope that 2017 is way better than 2016 has turned out. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot <laughs> of stuff going on. And it's... Deep breath. Deep breath, Mr. President. Deep breath. <laughs> There's just, it, it is. There's so much stuff that I want to talk about <laughs> that I can't yet. Stuff that is in the works, but I can't share yet because it's way too prep, you know, prep and plan right now. But yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited and I can't wait to keep this going. All right, all. So Merry Christmas. We will see you in 2017. Uh, and always remember, God is the game master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>